0: Extra Space to Speak Your Mind with Cornwall Mind for Better
1: Mental Health.
0: Welcome to a special Extra Space to Speak Your Mind. I'm Jane, and today, the 26th of March, is Purple Day, which was set up to raise awareness of epilepsy. And we can find out more from the Director of External Affairs at Epilepsy Action, Louise Cousins. Hi there, Louise.
1: Hi, Jane. Thanks so much for having me on. That's great. It's lovely
0: to talk to you. Can I just start off by saying that your research has shown that around one in a hundred people suffer with epilepsy. So it's a common neurological condition, but the public's understanding of the condition just isn't accurate. Can you tell me why that is?
1: We've done some research that tells us that really epilepsy is still an invisible condition to lots of people. A lot of people in the survey said that they didn't actually know anybody with epilepsy, or perhaps they don't know that they know somebody. And I think sort of part of that is doing what we're doing today, which is shining a light on epilepsy and starting a conversation about it. Because as you sort of rightly pointed out, actually, it's something that affects hundreds and thousands of people all over the UK. And it can be really life changing. Most people kind of have an awareness of seizures. But if they've never seen one, why would they know what to do if they don't know somebody? Why would they know how to help? And I think sort of another key thing is that epilepsy has a lot of additional impacts, not just the seizures. It can affect people's employment prospects, their relationships, you know, their mental health. And a lot of those things are hidden. And I think sort of one of the challenges that we're facing, not just with epilepsy, but with lots of other health conditions, is that where they're hidden or not visible, people don't necessarily know that they're there.
0: I was just thinking about epilepsy itself. And most people would find it extremely scary to witness an epileptic fit. I was actually a nurse in my previous life, so I've seen quite a few. And I have to say, even for a nurse, they can be quite scary episodes.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. My sister has epilepsy, and so I know from personal experience, even when you've seen lots of seizures, that they are still scary. And one of the things that our survey showed is that people were fearful of epilepsy because if somebody had a seizure in front of them, they wouldn't know what to do. And I think another thing there is that we think of seizures as tonic-clonic seizures. They're the ones where people convulse and fall to the floor. But actually, there are lots and lots of different kinds of seizure. And sort of our survey did show that although people, perhaps they don't know everything about epilepsy, why would they? You can't always blame them for that. But actually, they did want to know how to help. So one of the ways that we can tackle the fears around epilepsy is by educating people about how they can help. Perhaps they think that they won't be able to help or it will be difficult. But actually, there are some quite simple things you can do to help somebody. And I think the more we share that with people and the more that we share stories of people living with epilepsy, hopefully the more that fear will be taken away.
0: Yeah. So do you think that the common misconceptions and the myths that you've identified that the public have about epilepsy, do you think that they can be got rid of by education and by publicizing the fact that
1: so many people suffer with epilepsy? I think so. You know, some people will know somebody and some people won't. But a lot of people might know somebody, but they don't know that the person has epilepsy. And I think another sort of thing that we can do is encourage people with epilepsy to speak out as well. But it can be a bit of a chicken and egg situation, because they maybe don't always feel able to, they don't feel that they'll be accepted, or, you know, people might feel uncomfortable around them. And that's not something we want at all. So I really think that we can break down these misconceptions by talking about it and helping people People understand the wider impact of living with it. And it isn't a wholly bleak picture. The other side of it is that lots of people have epilepsy and live full lives and do all the things that they want to do. So I think it's important that we get that across as well.
0: Yes. So challenging thinking is really about education. Talking more happens for a lot of people. You know, they suffer, but suffer silently and nobody
1: would even really know. Yeah, I think that's right. And people sort of know, understand the seizures, but epilepsy can bring quite challenging mental health issues for people as well, because even for some people, even when they're not having seizures, seizures are unpredictable and they don't know when a seizure might happen. So they're sort of living with a constant sort of fear or underlying anxiety that a seizure could happen at any moment. And I think living with that hanging over you must be really, really difficult. Similarly, we hear from a lot of people on our helpline who they're worried about going out because they think, well, what if I have a seizure in public and people won't know how to help me? So they end up feeling quite isolated. And I think during the pandemic, we've all had a bit of an insight into what it must feel like not to be able to leave your home. And it's not easy. So I think a lot of the things that make epilepsy more difficult are hidden. And having conversations like this, we're hopefully making them more visible for people. Yeah, I think that's
0: so important. Do you think that the mental health impact of epilepsy is given enough resources and attention by the NHS?
1: And if not, why not? I don't think epilepsy is given enough resources and attention from the NHS at all. I don't necessarily have the answer for that. We know that lots of sort of things have been put on hold with the pandemic and we understand why that is. But actually, even before COVID, epilepsy services weren't really where they needed to be. And people are having to wait a long time to access appointments. And I don't sort of necessarily always think that the link between having epilepsy and mental health, how those two things are linked for a person is sort of always fully recognized. So certainly Epilepsy Action, we would love to see more resource going into those things. And Epilepsy Action, And, you know, we do what we can. We have a free helpline. We have support groups online that are sort of a real lifeline to some people. I was speaking to somebody a few weeks ago who was just lonely. They didn't have anyone to talk to about their epilepsy. They were alone during the pandemic and they've been able to come along to one of our support groups and talk to other people that are feeling the same, that are living with epilepsy. And I think that's really lifted them, but we can't do it on our own. And so we'd certainly love to see sort of more NHS resource given to epilepsy and neurological conditions like
0: And how do you think that your helpline and its support groups, how do you think that that provides what you call life changing support? Is it through hearing other stories or just providing a voice to listen to and talk to? Is there anything else you'd like to tell us about that helpline?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's all of those things. So lots of people sort of when they first get diagnosed, that can be really scary. They didn't perhaps they didn't know they could develop epilepsy at all. It's come completely out of the blue. And the helpline sort of gives them the information and tools and resources to understand more about their epilepsy and take control of it. And we hear people sort of say that I have epilepsy, it doesn't have me. And I think that talking to somebody on our helpline that really understands helps them with that. Just as an example, we were in touch with a a family who have a little boy, Charlie, who was having loads and loads of seizures every day. And it was a huge drain for him and the family. And it was just awful. They tried lots of different options and they weren't really getting anywhere. And it was actually talking to somebody on our helpline, one of our advisors, Kathy, that they were able to put a plan in place, go back to the doctors and push for what they felt that Charlie needed in order to help him become seizure-free and take control of his epilepsy. A couple of years down the line, And he is seizure free and living a great life. So sometimes just a call to the helpline can be that sort of push in the right direction that people need to push for the support they need from health services as well.
0: So do you think that's a good starting point for any of our listeners who would like to access any of the services that we've discussed?
1: Yeah, so if you're listening and you have epilepsy or you know somebody with epilepsy, absolutely, you can call our helpline. All of the information about epilepsy and how to call the helpline is on our website, which is epilepsy.org.uk. There's loads of great information on there. You can also search for Epilepsy Action on social media as well, if you're over that way. And similarly, perhaps if you're listening and you don't have epilepsy, but you've been interested in today's conversation and you want to find out more, head over to the website or social media and just take a look because there's so many really powerful stories from people with epilepsy about the condition so go and take a look
0: thanks louise for speaking to us on a space to speak your mind and that's all for now there's a brand new a space to speak your mind at the beginning of the month so don't forget to hit subscribe and download the next show as soon as it's released an extra space to speak your mind with cornwall mind for better mental health